Hi, and welcome back to HFC. This week we're focusing on Romans chapter 1, verse 21. In it it says, for, all they, for although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. The reason I chose this one is because, um, I don't know, it really spoke to me when I was listening to it. And I guess it was going on a lot with what was... I do believe in a lot of times, and I think I even said this last week, we tend to think of God as a like um, a kind of convenience thing. Like, I'll do it when it makes sense, and I'll do it when I get a chance. And we make him more of like a supplement instead of a necessity. We think of him, oh, like, yeah, I'll use some of that. That'll definitely help me instead of realizing that he's a necessity to get whatever we need to get done, done. And a necessity in order to live a, and a necessity in our everyday lives. I'm going to continue. It goes Romans chapter 1, verse 21. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covet malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossip, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. I'm not even going to lie, I didn't mean to read all that. I was actually going to stop earlier when it talks about the fact that, and I was going to say, if we're not careful, you know, God can and will abandon us. He will abandon us if we decide to lead after or follow after these things, even when we know that they are not for us. But after reading, it was just kind of like, I felt led to keep reading. And I realized, and, and I'm pretty sure this has been shared before, but I realized what a creepy picture of what's going on in our society nowadays. Like, think about that. It says, and this isn't, this isn't even talking about now, it's like history is repeating itself, that now people are abandoning the righteousness of God, the truth that God is, the glory and mercy and grace of God, and because of it, He has abandoned us. And I think it's creepy how easily it relates to what's going on right now, despite the fact that this was written thousands of years ago, and it's happening all over again. It says, claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. And I feel like everywhere I look now, we've idolized people, we've idolized athletes, we've idolized, wow, that preacher is so good. I'm I'm not saying preachers can't be good, but I feel like sometimes we begin to see someone as 
a necessity instead of realizing that God is just using them. I don't even know if that makes sense. And sometimes people themselves see themselves as a necessity, as, oh, I'm necessary. And and in a way we are, but it's important to remember that we are a tool. We are not the source. I don't know how to, like God is using us. We are not using God. We are not capable of taking what God is and using it in the way that we desire. And I feel like sometimes people like to imagine that. We're not praying for things that would that wouldn't or that isn't in God's will. We're praying for the things that God has willed for us. So I feel like that just kind of really mirrors what's happening in society right now with us idolizing people, idolizing um, speakers, idolizing uh, YouTubers, uh, social media influencers, idolizing you know, politicians. And then it goes on to say, therefore God gave them up in in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature, which would be us, we are the creature, rather than the creator. We began to, and we have begun to worship ourselves and our creations. Wow, man of the year, woman of the year, look what this great man has done. Look at all their accomplishments. Look how much money they have. Look how much, how many great inventions they have. Instead of worshiping God, while God has really blessed them, God has really blessed me, we begin to focus more on ourselves than focusing on God. And it's almost like it's just, it's not even mirroring, it's almost foretelling. And Well, it's not almost, it is foretelling the future for us. It, it says, for this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. And if that isn't what ha- what's happening right now, you've you've got like a blindfold over your eyes. There is like, and I'm not, I should be careful because I don't want to say I have anything against the LGBTQ um, plus whatever community. I have nothing against them as people. And I've always said this, we should be careful to, before we ridicule and make them the butt of every joke. I've had conversations with people about this. We need to be mindful of the words that we're using and mindful of the things that we're using because they are people. Are they sinning? Yes. But we are to love them as we are to love anyone else. We don't have to love the sin, but we are to love the person because we have to remember that all have fallen short of the glory of God. None of us are perfect. While their sin may be more evident, that doesn't mean our sins are any less impactful. What I'm trying to say is that's very, very prevalent right now in society. We have um, tons of tons of people coming out as um, seeking those type of relationships where they're giving up natural relations with women um, and consumed with passion for one another. We have that going on everywhere. It seems like more often than that, we're talking about the sexual identity of who we like or don't like. And again, you have to remember, this isn't something that just randomly popped up. This isn't something that, you know, came out like two years ago and, oh yeah, the Bible's just speaking on what's happening now. This is something that has come up way before. And now we're seeing more and more and more and more of these types of um, situations of, of men going after men, of women going after women, women going after creatures, men going after creatures, perverse um, activity. And the Bible speaks heavily on that. The Bible was written way before this happened, and yet it's it's so perfectly prophesying what is what is happening right now in America. We've forgone God, and we're seeing more and more of this type of 
activity. We're seeing more and more of this type of sin as God begins to abandon America because we have decided to abandon Him. We've decided to neglect the truth and instead worship ourselves. And because of that, we're seeing more and more prevalence of this kind of activity. And that's not just in America. This is just the world in general. As we've begun to neglect the truth of God, He's begun to abandon us as a people. Not as individual persons, but as a people, he's begun to neglect us. And we're seeing more and more it pop up around us. And this is why I always like to think, like, people are always like, well, where is God? But God didn't leave us. We rejected him. And it goes on to say, especially with all these, like, murders and all these shootings and all this violence that's going on, it goes on to say in verse, uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 29, they were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. If that isn't America right now with people slandering each other, people tearing each other down, people envious, people stalking, people kidnapping, people raping, people hurting, people being quote-unquote toxic, speaking death on upon other people, speaking everything but life towards other people, people tearing each other down, people gossiping, gossiping about each other, people constantly just ripping and pulling at, at someone's very <clears throat> identity and who, who they're trying to be, and just straight up hating anyone who would say that they love God, even if they've shown no maliciousness themselves. Because I will admit, there are some people who misrepresent what being a sorry, what being in a relationship with God means. There are people who use it as a way to look down upon people, but that was that was existed way back when when Jesus was <clears throat> alive. We had the Pharisees, but that still exists today, and that has given a bad image, yes, but they hate people who even say that they love God, even when they have no evidence to say, oh yeah, that person's not good. They just hate you for the simple fact that you love God. And then it's like perfectly sums up what's happening right now when it goes to Romans chapter 1, verse 32, when it says, though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. And in this, I don't, it's not saying that those people are this, well, it is saying that those people are deserving of death, and every person who sins is deserving of death. But we do know that God's grace gives us not what we deserve, but instead gives us what He has gifted us, which is new life and eternal life through the sacrifice of His um, Son, Jesus. And so not to say that those specifically people who are um, <clears throat> like LGBTQ or whatever, or people that are murdering or, or envying and gossiping are you know, condemned to death and deserve death. We all deserve death, but what it's saying is ignoring the fact that they're leading to their own death, the fact that they are existing in this kind of path to death, instead of acknowledging the fact that Jesus is Christ and that Jesus was sacrificed for our sins and that Jesus has given us new life, instead of acknowledging the truth of God and, and His sacrifice that He gave, they're completely ignoring that. And a lot of times in right now, there are so many churches that are either reluctant to speak on it or are straight up promoting it, saying, oh yes, Jesus loves even you, which in itself isn't false. Jesus does and God does love everyone, but that doesn't mean that God loves the activities that they're living or the activities that they're promoting or the activities that they are involved in. And that's where it's become 
a little bit more difficult because we have to be careful with our words. Like I said earlier, I have nothing against people, you know, who have uh, addictions with drugs, people who are alcoholics. I have nothing against people who are, you know, struggling. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to straight up just say, oh, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm so proud of you for, you know, indulging in that sin. I'm not going to enable them. I'm not going to say that you're doing well, I'm, but I'm also not going to tear them down. How disgusting that you are doing those drugs. How disgusting that you drink. How disgusting that, you know, uh, you consider yourself LGBTQ. How disgusting that you're having these thoughts that you may or may not be a man or a woman or, or whatever you want to say. I'm not going to tear them down, but at the same time, I'm not going to enable them. I'm going to give them the same love and kindness that God gave me when I was struggling in my sin, when I was going through my situation. And I think that's the careful kind of line that we have to make, where we don't deny the truth of what God is and what God has done for us and what God is doing for us. But at the same time, we don't treat them with hate and malice because that is not who God is. For there's that verse that says, if I have not love, then everything is worthless. And I don't know what um, by word, and I'll, I'll include it at the end. I'll, I'll have to look it up while I'm editing. That verse perfectly sums up the very identity of who we should be as Christians, not to deny truth and not to enable people, but to love them regardless, just as God has loved us while both sharing the truth. And there's part that says not to condemn, but to hold accountable and to pray with. We shouldn't be seeking to condemn people and gossiping and tearing them down, but instead saying, I acknowledge that you are sinning, but I also have to tell you and acknowledge the fact that I know that God has endless mercy and grace for you if you choose to accept Him as your Lord and Savior. And I think that's where we're, we we need to be careful with drawing that line. Not that I believe that what you're doing is right, because it goes against what I and who I believe in but that I love you regardless. And I have to tell you that no matter the sin that you're in, my God's sacrifice covers all sin, that he loves you regardless, that my God's love goes beyond any mistake that you could make. But you have to decide right now that you are going to follow after him. You can't say, oh, yes, yes, God is true, and then turn your back the next time someone asks, how do you feel about the LGBT community? How do you feel about um, transgender people. How do you feel about, you know, doing drugs or smoking, um, all these different things or, or heavily drinking and vibing in, uh, recreational things? It's, it's being careful. This whole verse, honestly, is just so powerful from Romans chapter one, verse 18 to Romans chapter, uh, one, verse 32. This entire section is powerful because not only does it speak to what's happening right now in our society, but it's it's telling us why and 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 how these things are affecting us and and why everything seems to be so lost and 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 it answers that question of why isn't God stopping this? Why isn't God doing this? When when people ask you, well, where was your God when 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 this happened? You can read this verse to them and say, He was here, but you rejected him. It says in the Bible in Romans chapter 1, verse 28, And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. And in so doing, they were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, and so on. And and it's share with them the verse that says, It wasn't God that gave up on us. When we gave up on God, He had to step back. Because to do any other thing would be to enable us into a 
a lifestyle of sin and hurting and malice? What kind of father would he be if he allowed us to murder one another and just kept allowing it and allowing it and enabling and staying there regardless? Not to say that we can't ask for grace and forgiveness, but if we're in the constant act of murdering and not repenting and not realizing that what we're doing is wrong, to stay there would be to enable us and to tell us that it's correct, that it's right, that we should be doing that, that that is what he applauds, that that, that is what he's for. But in abandoning us, he says, that is not what I'm for. But his abandonment isn't forever. His grace and mercy are endless. He's waiting there with his hand stretched out for you to accept it. He's still waiting there for you to say, and for them to say, God, I repent. I'm sorry for the lifestyle that I've held. I come now to my senses and realize that what I've been doing is is denying the truth of who you are and what you are and what you've done for me. Help me to find my way out of this lifestyle of sin and 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 evil. And when you do that, he pulls you out just as willingly and just as purposefully as he would have the first time or the second time or the third time because he's there waiting for you to make that change. He's not going to stay with you in the evil, but he's always there waiting for you to come out of it. And it's not like he's waiting like a mile away. He's literally, his hand is there waiting for you to make the decision to say, this is not the lifestyle I want. This is not the lifestyle that I desire. This is not the lifestyle that is for me. I do not wish to stay in this lifestyle that is leading to death. I want to seek after God. I want to acknowledge the truth that is God. I want to acknowledge the truth of what God has done for me. I want to share the gospel. I want to believe the gospel. I want the gospel to become the very identity of who I am. And that's what God's seeking after. Anyway. I just thought this was a really powerful thing. That wasn't even what I wanted to share, but I'm glad that I read the rest of that chapter from verse 18 to 32. I truly, like, looking at it right now, in this moment as I'm reading it and and kind of sharing with you guys, I feel like it's eerie how well it reflects what's going on in our society right now. Despite the fact that this was written 2,000 plus years ago, that these kinds of things were not things that someone just wrote two years ago as they saw like the kind of foresight. I guess it's not even foresight because it was happening back then, but it's just weird. I don't, I don't know how to explain that. It's weird to think, wow, this isn't something that's unexpected. This isn't something that isn't answered. This isn't something where it's like, I'm so confused. Why is this all happening? Why is all this bad stuff happening? It's happening for a reason. Because the Bible specifically states that if we ignore the truth of God, He ha- he will abandon us. Not us individually. He's still with us who acknowledge the truth, but us as a people. Anyway, as always, let's go ahead and end with prayer. Dear God, first of all, thank you for your truth and grace and mercy and and for your sacrifice and giving us your son and, and giving us a way out of death, for giving us a way to seek out eternal life and 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 peace and rest and joy away from the things that were causing us to feel sorrowful and and be miserable. Lord, I pray that you just help us to open our eyes to see how well the Bible shares and speaks truth about the world around us and, and open our minds to learning how to share this kind of word and verse with people around us in a way that's going to be loving and caring and not condemning. I pray that you help us to just find someone that we can talk to, share the gospel with, because I know that's truly our purpose, Lord, to speak to people about the beauty and and mercy and, and love that you have for all of us, not enabling people in their sin, but telling them that there is love for you. 
that we love them not because of their sin, but despite their sin, just as you loved us not because of our sin, but despite our sin. Lord, forgive us of our sins. Lead us from temptation, Lord, and just constantly just help us to grow more and more in you and seek out a better relationship with you every single day and every single moment. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Hi, thanks for listening to this episode of HFC. So the verse I was talking about, love, was 1 Corinthians 13, 1-3. It says, If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clinging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Just emphasizing the importance of love in our our walk with God and our importance of love in talking to people about God. Anyway, have a great week. Thanks for listening. See you next week. God bless. Bye.